Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. David Weisenhorn, Extension Specialist for Parenting and Child Development. Thanks so much for joining us today, David. So good to be here. So, David, I love this topic because sitting in my seat, and I know it makes you all nervous when I do this, but I love it when they're topics that relate so much to my life. So help a mama out here. <laughs> um, and we're talking about boredom busters that really and truly the winter months, we're in this time of year where we're dealing with snow days, or this year there's been a tremendous amount of rain that we can't get the kiddos out as much. We may not have as many extracurricular activities because they're outdoor activities, and everyone is home a lot and typically when everyone is home a lot it can it can lead to some boredom it can lead to maybe some some spats between the kiddos that type thing Uh-oh, so yeah. help us out today and let's talk boredom busters and uh, I love the topic but it, I had I had to tell you I, I got a little nervous because I know we've got some scientists that listen and uh, one of the things that we know is that psychologists have defined that the best paths to learning and happiness unfold from moments of boredom boredom. So not to step on anybody's feet, but to go along with what that research says, this path is known as flow or a process known as flow. And flow is the intense concentration and absorption in an activity. Jennifer, I'm sure you've you've done something. And this is these activities are the kind that when we're in them, we completely forget the world around us exists. We lose track of time, maybe even days. And you can see oftentimes children enter into that as well. And early research on children learning and happiness has shown that the most meaningful and satisfying moments in life come from this experience of flow. But one of the keys to the flow process is that the child is challenged at the level just above his or her skill so that activities and projects are hard enough to stretch the ability, but not so hard that they cause frustration. And so there's a a Russian or Soviet psychologist called Lev Vygotsky that calls this the zone of proximal development. And this is where children really do their best. And so when I talk about the boredom busters today, I'm not just talking about helping your child out and bailing them out when they say, oh, mom, I'm bored. But really, it it will be a spark to get that flow going. So I hope the things that I'll share with you today should involve that zone of proximal development that that Lev Vygotsky is is talking about. So, David, I'm just going to say that the next time one of my kiddos looks up and says, Mommy, I'm bored, I'm going to say, okay, moments of boredom is going to lead to happiness and flow. I love it. That's, that, that's exactly that's, what I'm going to say at home. That's exa- And you will be 100% correct by doing that. I uh, will explain that concept to my children. And, and if that doesn't work, I would suggest your next step being uh, a couple of different activities. And one of my favorites, and I go to this one the best because I think it's really scalable, and that's the scavenger hunt. Jennifer, I don't know if you've had this before, but this can be really fun. The premise of this, it's just that you you send a child or multiple children with a list of objects to go and find and retrieve. So it can be as easy as sending them outside, which is my favorite thing to do. Weather permitting, Uh, definitely. That's right. And even if it's a little wet, if it's a little wet, you can put them in a rain jacket. 
they um, they can find whetstones, but just to give them something to find in the yard. Maybe it's a, a red leaf or uh, a shiny or a round rock, or maybe it's the fall and you want them to look for an acorn or something of that nature, but to get them outside. If it's inside and it's too bad outside, you can get them to find you know a red dish towel or a dirty sock. The idea is can to we give them the, a list of toys that are randomly spread around the house that need to be picked up. I love this. I love this. Yes, this is cleanup. Yes, this can be disguised. The parents get creative. I like that. You can make this activity as a timed event if you want. You can make it a race if you're like my kids who just absolutely have to compete at everything. Or it could be a must complete before moving on. You've got to find this before you do the other. And as, you know, just in mind with this idea of keeping it within the level of the child, like to, to challenge them, right. you can begin to add, instead of just having a list of things to find and retrieve, you can actually use each find, each item that they find, you can put in there a clue that provides them to where they might find the next one. Fun. Yes. I mean, it can be a lot of fun and you can use a lot of time with this exercise, which is really good. And not only that, but you're allowing them to build, they're they're using logic to figure out the clue. So they're really building skills at the same time that they're playing. Absolutely. And I don't know if you're like mine right now, this American Ninja Warrior is on. So they love anything that presents a physical challenge. So, you know, for me, you can put things up high in a tree or down low or under under something they've got to crawl under. They really enjoy that sort of challenge. So you can always, you can get creative and, and add a lot of that to it as well. Yeah. So I will say that this is probably where you're a better, more adventuresome parent than what I am. We have a ban on anything that's a high risk ninja warrior type activity at our house. Boring. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we don't jump down the staircase and anything that you know, they, they might think is a Ninja Warrior obstacle course. We just have a rule against it. Well, this one may be. Then here, I've got one for you. And this is called story time. So this may be more your speed. Uh, this, is a, <laughs> this is a good one. My children, uh, again, I've mentioned this several times in the podcast, are young. And so the way that I use these may be much different for you as you have older children, uh, especially in, in the, the tweens or, or teenage years. But, you know, one of my favorite things is, is to talk about stories. And I make up some really elaborate stories. And soon I'm going to have to begin to tell myself who has told this story to several people about me working as uh, a top secret mission for the president. He's going to soon find out this is all, this is all <laughs> fabricated. Yeah. Yeah, this is just good and fun. But uh, you know, as, as they get old, you can make it really silly and fun. Or what I've liked to do is now I begin to involve my, my eight-year-old daughter to tell part of the story. So I'll begin the story and then I'll allow her to then tell the second chapter or the next part of the story. And if you have multiple children, and of different ages, they can all be a part of this. Mom, dad, the whole family can get involved in in telling a section of the story. And you talk about making a really silly story. When you have four people that all have some some very creative minds, you can come up with quite the adventurous story. See, that reminds me of, and I don't remember the exact name of when we were in grade school, if they were Mad Libs, of where you would just provide a series yes. of words and then it would go into the story and I always I always thought that was neat and you know again just encouraging creativity and an imagination and just a, a little side note because we tend to divert when, when we chat but when I think about storytelling is my dad's he's, he's a storyteller he mm-hmm. likes to tell stories and I could just repeat them all because I've heard them so many times but he tells a lot of stories 
Sometimes I think maybe he stretched them a little bit about family history. <laughs> yes. But now our our teenager, like he knows them because mm-hmm. he's heard them so much. And sometimes he'll say to our little one, because she is significantly younger, he'll say, "Well, you know, Papa's story about," and he'll he'll share the story. And where they true they truly are family stories. I think that that's that that's neat that he has just picked that up over the years, and they you know you know so now he has that knowledge that you know. Unfortunately, you know, could one day be lost with my dad, but, you yeah. know, our teenagers picked it up. And so now even our little girl, some, sometimes my dad will start into a story and she'll say, Papa, Riley's already told me your story. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I, I always think that, that that's neat, too, with storytelling. It is. And I think it can be fun. You know, my children, it, and just because you've told it once, gosh, they, they seem to like it the more and more you, they hear it. And so my children now will be like, oh, tell the story about the time when you were in the army and the guy poured the water in his boots. I mean, it, and so they, they actually identify what story they want me to tell, although they already know it. So it, it, story time is a really fun time. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great way to, to bust some, some bored children and have them create a story, too. So having them tell it back to you can be a new twist as well. The third thing I would say, uh, another idea, would be this uh, a dance party. Again, I'm, I have to say I'm revealing a lot of the things that we do at home. So this may not be your gig, but this is a good way to incorporate, to bust that board them to incorporate some physical activity and really to change the mood and get that heart rate going. You could put on some of your favorite jams and begin to dance about. And and one of the ways that we have begun to tailor this a little bit, it used to be just turn on the Disney channel and we would all jump around and have a good time and let them jump on the couches. But now it's it's gotten into more of my daughter is in dance, so she choreographs now. And so, you know, it's everybody's got their own dance and dad and Eve have a dance and and, and dad and Elijah have a dance and mom's got a dance. And, and as it progresses, now you can even say, okay, now we assign dances. Okay, mom's up. All right, mom, you get Eve's dance and we're going to grade you on how well you do it according to how well Eve does it. And so it can be a lot of fun, kind of charade-ish. And music makes people happy. Just just yeah. playing the music can change the mood. And like you say, the physical activity component is huge, especially if we're not getting as much of that in the winter months. But allowing them to burn off some energy because sometimes they can be bored because they just have so much energy that they need to, to get out in some way, shape, or form. Yes. Yeah, and it's great. And what better way to do that, especially on the, the rainy gray days that we've been having lately. Uh, and the last thing I'll share with you is this uh, the idea of cooking together, right? I mean, in, in what – Right with uh, with all the extension cooking, this is this is for all you agents that love to cook. This is one of my favorite things to do with the kids is to get them cooking or baking. My daughter has turned into this little baker. You know, most of it is because she likes the sweets that that right. that, that are the result of of our efforts. But again, just a great opportunity to to allow our children to have a hands on activity, educates them about the importance of meal preparation, uh, measurement. Right, that's the one thing that all there are of our so many skills that go into cooking. Yes. So many skills. And just the, the opportunities that it has to to then be able to give that to somebody. So at the end, instead of eating it, if sweets are just way too much and we're doing it too much, an opportunity to give it to maybe people in need. It could be a neighbor. It could be family and friends. Just a really a neat opportunity to spend time together, to bust that boredom, get a little bit of education, and then have some fruits of your labor that you can either enjoy together as a family or provide uh, in the giving nature to others. Cooking is one of those things that I often incorporate at home because when I get home from work, there's a limited amount of time between 
when we walk in the door, Mm -hmm. we have all these things that have to be done. And then, especially for our little one, she has to go to bed. And so for me to really be able to get any type of time with her, cooking is one way that we could do that, that she could come and she can help me in the kitchen. And I will fully admit that there's some nights that it's so much quicker if I do it myself, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's also, I can, she is, she is learning so much that she's mm-hmm. learning to measure. She's learning to read a recipe. She's learning how to pick recipes, what foods go together. So that meal planning that you're talking about. And again, since we have such a large gap, I can really see it in our older son that um, he really demonstrates skills now that I feel he's going to be well prepared when he goes off to college in a few years and has to fend for himself Mm -hmm. that he does know he's not a great cook, but he does know how to cook some dishes. Mm -hmm. And um, he actually, he asked for a waffle maker for his birthday, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) Um, And my mom got it for him. And then for Christmas, she's like, what other kitchen appliance would you like? I was like, don't encourage my my counters are full. But but cooking together really is, it's fun. It's so engaging to them. And it just really is a neat way to interact as a family. It is. And I and I love the fact that your family is be, has done that for a while and now your son is beginning to to ask for for birthday presents and Christmas presents that involve uh the cooking nature. What a what a great story. Yeah, that one that one took me off guard a little bit. It did. This has been fun, David. Thanks so much for joining us today and sharing some great tips that I think can help parents get kind of through these last few winter months and dreary days and you know, just really liven things up at home. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question, or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.